Hello, and welcome to the Star Power Cast, the definitive podcast for the game of Star Power Baseball, a game for generations where your fantasy baseball comes to life on the tabletop. We'll also discuss the history of baseball and just the present state of the game itself. I'm Jim Trovo, the baseball nerd, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Cincinnati Dennis. We hope you all enjoy the show. Hello, Cincinnati Dennis. Hey, Jen Trovo. Hey, how are you? I'm always good, man. How about you? I'm great. It's been a while, two weeks, and I've been excited for this show. I'm ready to record. I'm ready to talk about baseball. I'm ready to talk about anything and everything that we know about star power baseball and the game of baseball itself. Boy, star power baseball has been really exciting since the last podcast. Oh, goodness, yeah. Lots of cool things happening in the world of star power baseball. Yes, we are We are rolling uh, in just the content and uh, everything about the game. Um, so just to give the audience here a, a date, with the, the recording of this show is November 15th of 2020. Um, so the awards have been given out, such as the gold gloves and the NL MVPs, AL MVPs, and so forth, and all that. So uh, that's going to be some of our topics today. Uh, but just to give you kind of a rundown what we're going to talk about, we're going to give you some new announcements about the game, some rules and some updates, some upcoming sets for you, catalog, uh, a 2020 version of the game giveaway. Giveaway. Ooh. And we'll explain that a little bit later in the show. Some lucky, some lucky fan is going to win a game a free game this is yes. a big deal we've never done anything like never this have i'm excited by uh, the way this is episode three this is episode three this is episode three that is correct um we're also going to talk about the picture card today uh what the letters mean around that picture disc just for those for those of you that are new we're also going to talk about the gold glove awards and how all-star star powered i keep on saying that i'm so sorry star power baseball does its fielding discs because sometimes when somebody wins a gold glove award in major league baseball, their card doesn't match up in our game. Very, they don't really go well together. Sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. We'll kind of explain that system. We're going to look at the AL East set, the 2020 AL East set. Brand new set. Yep. It's an amazing set. Uh, Lots of offense in that one. We're going to actually introduce a new section on the podcast today. We're going to do a game show. And so we're going to quiz each other and score some points. We'll explain that. As it comes along. And we'll wrap up the show with our uh, all-time decades team. This time we're going to look at uh, 1911 to 1920. Right. That wasn't very hard for me. There was a couple of positions that I struggled with, but most of it was pretty straightforward. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. So uh, first thing first, uh, let's talk about announcements for the game. What do you have? What's new? Tremendous, tremendous strides forward in the Star Power Baseball game. First of all, looking forward to 2021, just jumping right ahead, right off the bat, we're going to do a complete revamp of the rule book. Yep. The rule book will be totally updated. Now, not a lot's going to be changed. That's not, you know, we're still going to operate fairly, almost identical to what we're doing now, but there are going to be some tweaks in the rule book and the new rule book is going to be coming out in 2021. What's coming out in the next two weeks, maybe three, but it's going to be right around 
Christmas. The, before Christmas. Before Christmas. Before Christmas, the 2021 Star Power Baseball Catalog. Ooh. It's coming out. I've almost got it finished with everything that's going in it. I'm looking forward to getting that finished. One of the new items that I just now put out are card holders. And I ordered. They look beautiful. They, they're black and they're fantastic. They're metal. And they're metal. Yeah. Yes, but they're coated metal so they won't rust. You can drop them and they won't crack like our plastic ones sometimes do. I got to say something about these card holders, though. It gives you an aesthetic to the game that makes it better. So when you put your board down, when you're able to stack your cards at, a, at an angle and look at your bench and your bullpen and all the other strategy discs behind there, it just gives it a better look. It's, it's a And not only that, not, not just a better look, it's also more convenient. Yeah, definitely. And more organized. Yeah. It's just another component to add to our board game uh, that make that makes it more pleasing. Some people even use them for telephone holders, you know. That's but, true. Hey, but uh, these are the metal ones, and that's another thing that's coming out now for 2021, and this is going to come out before Christmas, so you can get them, the brand new, updated 2021 Star Power Baseball game. Okay, so what is the difference between the 2020 Star Power Baseball game and the 2021 Star Power Baseball I'm game. glad you asked that question, Gentrovo. This you. is the difference. Number one, no more 1933 All-Stars. Uh, the game in the game is going to be the 1970 All-Star game. Oh, wow. Yes, played at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, I wonder why you picked that one. It was the first time in over 20 years that the fans voted in the All-Star team. That's, I can see why you picked that one. I did. It was also the All-Star game of infamy. We're in the bottom of the extra inning. Is this the Pete Rose? Pete Rose runs over Fosse, and Fosse's career is never the same you know, after that. Last year, last year you talked, or last week you talked about Nolan Ryan like pegging somebody and breaking their ribs, and now you're, now we're now gonna, now you're yes. talking about Pete Rose like ending somebody's career. Like, yes, and we also talked moments in the game. Don't we you? also talked about that one disc where the guy face planted the catcher. Uh, I think the, the return car. was called. Dumping the catcher. Dumping the catcher. Yes, indeed. But anyway, it's a card, not a disc, Dennis. It's a card, a card, a card. No, the a new game will also contain four, you heard me, four card holders. That's good. Then it, what the four could be used for is either you can put your strategy discs on there or you can use bullpen and, and, and bench players for either team. Up to you. Up to you. Up to you. Another thing that's going to be in the game is going to be a National League division, and we're going to use the Central, and an American League division, and we're going to use the West. So you're going to get 72 current cards, and I want to say 58, and it might be 60, on the 1970 All-Star game. So you're getting about 20 more cards this time than we put in the other set. You're yeah. also getting four card holders. So if I if I already have a board game itself, can I purchase those sets separately? Why, you sure can. Thank you. The 1970 All-Star Game is going to run, I know this sounds crazy, but it's going to run $15, and that includes shipping. Okay? Includes shipping, okay. That includes shipping. That's about two bucks a card. 
No, no. That's, it's about doing the math wrong. It's right? about the same as buying a set of teams, but gotcha. it's a dollar cheaper because there is. I, I want to say there's two less cards, so we cut it back. And you'll just say, "I want the seventy All Star game," and I'll send you the the teams from that set. I'm looking forward to that set. The other set that's going to be in there, the American League West and the National League Central, are sets that are 36 cards each. The American League West has not even been released yet. It's almost ready, but it hasn't been released yet, and it will be released coinciding with the release of the 2021 game. We're also going to try our best to get the rule book out, and those of you and we put five games out last week and a few the week before. Those of you that have just purchased games in the very back of your rule book, you'll notice that the 2021 catalog is already there. So you people that just bought games, and that's you muddy out there in New York, and uh, let's see. Our, our Sebastian has got a game. Sebastian, and, and I, I believe he got that. And then yeah, I think he did. I think he was one that got that. And then uh, I think it, it was two games he got. And there was a few other guys. I can't, it, it comes by so quickly, I forget. Yeah. But we sent out five and they all had the catalog in them. The first edition. Now it's not completely up to date. The new catalogs will be. And remember this, and I've already gotten orders for almost all 50. The first 50 people that email me with address and say, I want the catalog, get the catalog absolutely free. Oh, that's great. No postage, no nothing. I'm just going to mail it to them. Awesome. Well, that's so great. that's what's new. That's awesome. Uh, have you spun any games lately? I've spun a few. Yeah? Oh, yes. What? Let me tell you. Muddy and I finished up our Progressive League. It was a two out of three series with 40-man rosters, no limit to the points. Now, remember I told you before, we started out at 30 points, built the team up, to where you were drafting two guys after every game. And after 11 games of play, you had a 40-man roster. We started with 18 players, 30 points. Well, we finished up and Muddy won the original season six games to five. So he got home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which was a two out of three. We played game one, and in game one, I barely beat him. It was like five to four or something. I posted it online, but the best game was game two. Game two had it all. I mean, it had it all. If you wanted it to happen, it happened. Grand slam home run. First one that I hit in the entire time I was playing Muddy, I hit a grand slam home run. Mike Schmidt. Second thing that happened, we had the very first time we've had it, we had catcher's interference. Oh. <laughs> okay. Had that had. Did it do anything on the game? Uh, well, my guy got thrown out trying to steal after he got on and catch his interference. Okay, so yeah. really nothing there. Yeah. Then time went by. About two innings later, we had a balk. Now, i got to tell you how this came down because you guys that, that play the game, you're going to really appreciate this. It starts out that I've got Lance Berkman at the plate, who's a switch hitter, and he gets the lines. So Muddy spins – and he spins a hit minus, okay? Okay. Lance Berkman spins a 110 line, okay? A 110 line. Yes. I get to choose, and I choose the one. Muddy challenges the call because he wants the 10. Yes. You don't get to respin the 10. 
You win the 110 challenges. The 110 challenge? Yeah. He challenges, I win the challenge, so I pick the one. Well, it's a hit minus. I got to respin Berkman. I spin Berkman, it lands on the 3 4 or 3 5 line, whatever it is. It's a three something line. Yeah. Berkman takes the three. Yep. We spin the three card because now you can't respin three, but we spin the three card and it lands on the three. We've already had this happen once, which was catcher's interference with nobody on, but this time there's men on base, first and second. So what happens there? It's a balk. So now we have a balk. Muddy is is losing it up in New York. I hear him oh just goodness. cracking up laughing. He is he's going. I've never had a balk before. I've never had a balk in a, in a tabletop game. So we get a balk. The runners advance to second and third. But if you'll read the three card on a balk, it is just as if the pitcher had spun an HW, so not an HW minus. Yeah. But an HW. So you get to spin the batter again? I get to spin Berkman again. This is this the is third nuts. time that I've spun Berkman. I spin Berkman and he spins an out. He gets to respin oh. because it's an HW. So when does. Okay, so. It, no, okay, the next spin ahead, is the big spin. Okay. I spin him one more time and it lands square in the center of the one. Okay, so this this babbles my mind. So we have a rule in the game called you can't respin or respin. You can't respin or respin. But when does that. In that series of events, does that does there ever a moment where that rule says, oh, no, you can't do that? But because every spin that you've done has been respawned just once? That's it. That is crazy. That's it. And it, what the uh, we figured it out later on. I How many spins was that total? The total number of spins was six on six that one Six spins bat. for one at bat. For one at bat. Wow. It was insane. Man. You could have had an S6 warming up in the bullpen and warmed up, up on one guy. Okay, when you say that, he did. <laughs> he did have an S6. He actually oh, had gosh. an S7. He had Nolan Ryan warming up. Okay, so for... So then Muddy gets mad. Not really mad, no, man, get, but he, he kind of gets... No, he I goes, get aggravated with that. No, but, so. no, it's not that. He goes, well, I'm changing pitchers. And he brings in Ryan Dern. And he says, I'm telling Ryan Dern to hit the next guy. Ryan Duran hits the next guy on with a spin. Pitch. On a spin, wow. he spins the X, and Muddy starts laughing. He goes, "I couldn't have planned it any better." He said, "This is great," and I said, "Yes, but because I'm the inventor of the game, I'm giving him a warning. <laughs> and if he hits another guy, he's gone." Two we batters. Write that in the rules. Two batters later, he hits another guy. Yeah, and, and Muddy's checking. just losing it now. Yeah. He's loving life. He goes, "Yeah." We're good. The final score, I got him in the final score. I beat him like a yard dog. But it was the most fun game. Muddy said it was the most fun game he's ever that played. Fun. And nothing nothing that cool has ever happened. So, yes, I've spun some games. There you go. And that's the whole point, right? Well, I uh, I got a game, one game I want to talk about. Of course, I'm, I'm always continuing my all-star, or not my, my all-time World Series tournament. Um, but I put one of the games on Facebook the other day. Facebook Live. Facebook Live. So I went live. Uh, she used my phone, recorded it. I mean, it's kind of shaky or whatnot, but I just wanted to give the people that are not familiar with the how it plays, or just kind of give them some insight. I also showed them how to use iScore here and there because that's the that's the program that I use uh, to keep score. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the game too much, but I want to talk about the end because I had a walk off error. A walk off error. Walk off error, and. Uh, I think I kept the pitcher in. Uh, I think I kept the Cardinals pitcher. It was the 34 Cardinals versus the 39 Yankees. I kept the Jesse Haynes in one too many batters. 
He didn't have any, he was tired. He had two respins left. And I was like, I'm going to use him. And I went back and watched my video and I should have used one of his respins on the base hit that I got. So I actually made a mistake because I think I got in a hurry. Uh, but I hit a base hit. The guy was on first base and the guy spins is 13 and it lands on the line between the left field and the right field. And since the Yankees had home field advantage, I'm like, well, I'm going to go to right field. So I'm going to send the runner to third. So I send the runner to third and goes to the right fielder and I spin the disc again and it lands on the air. The guy gets an extra base and gets to score. Oh, by the way, when, when you were saying something on that too, on that error, it's the all-runner score. Even the guy that was hitting? The guy that's hitting goes to third base. Goes to third base, thank you. So if there if it wasn't the end of the game... Yeah, who, the, the batter would have been on third base. The batter would have been gotcha. on third base, yes. Okay, well, th- uh, two rules I want to discuss then before we move on to okay. the pitcher card. Uh, one is the tired... How, how, the new the new the new way we're doing pitcher tired rules right um so when a starter let's say you're an s6 right and you have no pips and say you somehow make it to the sixth inning right and or the seventh inning and let's say you have two pips left and the way we do tired now is that you spin you mean no respins no, not no pips well pips Right, because you do you add. He's the, got six. He's got six. But, but let's no, say he no, has let's say he has two pips left going into the seventh. He's got inning. two two pips going into the seventh. But he's at six, so he goes right. into the seventh inning. You got to spin the injury disc to see if he's tired. Right? right. So the way we're doing it now, usually it was like you spin a one. He's tired, right? Correct. Okay, we're not doing that anymore. No, that is we're no, doing, that is going to be changed. He in has the new to rule spin the, the new rules where he has to spin equal to or below his combined pips and respins. He has to spin below what he's got left for fatigue. For pips and respins, or just for, or just pips. Remember what we're talking about. Pips is the total number. We call them pips. When you add innings plus respins. Okay. That gives you the total number of fatigue tallies or pips. Right. What's remaining there in the inning that surpasses his number of innings is what you must equal or below on the spinner. Okay. Okay. Now, on a starting pitcher, the pitcher that starts the game, you get to spin the disc, the card, one time. No matter who relieves, I don't care if Cy Young's the relief pitcher and he's in his uh, tired inning because you're going to extras and Cy Young's there, any relief pitcher spins twice. Yes. That is death. Now you have. Your R1s are now R1s. Yeah, and, and they're more than likely going to be tired in that second inning. We did it with Muddy. He had an R1 out there that was a five. I want to say it was Billy Wagner. He had an R1 plus four, which is a five pip or five tally reliever. And as he did that, we did spin it twice, both times under the five, so he got to stay in. Yeah. So that's good. Look for that change in the rule book coming up. The last thing I want to talk about real quick is the – Tiredness when a pitcher gets tired. Uh, in the rule book right now, it states that his, if he has an F on his card, that F is still an F. We're going to change that. I've been proposing this. I'm trying to convince Dennis here to change it. Uh, that that does not count. So the the F will turn into a B, just like the K and the G turns. You into gave a. me such a such a compelling argument last night on this, and that is that in the early cards that we make from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, there's not enough information that we can get to do GOAO, ground ball, air out um, ratios. 
So we're kind of going by, is this guy a strikeout pitcher? We'll give him a bigger fly ball, ground ball pitchers. They don't have much of a strikeout. Well, that's how we were kind of working it. And the argument that you gave me was very compelling, and we are going to change that rule as of today when the pitcher is fatigued, the F is no longer an out. The F is spin the batter. There we go. Battle one. <laughs> Victory. Okay. The K so. is now spin the batter. <laughs> the walk minus is now spin the batter. The hit minus is now spin the batter. There is no, basically, you have no respin built into the pitcher, what we call a natural or a mechanical respin, except for the W. Right. The W doesn't change, nor does the HW. It doesn't change. Right. Good. Well, speaking of pitchers, let's talk about, just for people that are new out there, what the pitch card means. And this is going to be a quick segment here. Yes. So when you got a pitcher card, you got letters on the outside of the pitcher card. And let's talk about the three big ones. you got the K, the F, and the G. These are outs. Right. So if a pitcher spins a K, it's a strikeout automatically. If he spins a ground, a G, a ground ball, that means it's a ground ball out. You spin the infield disc to see where it is. And then if he spins an F, that's a fly ball out. You spin the outfield disc to see where the fly ball goes to. Correct. Another change that's coming in the rule book is the nobody on base error. If when you spin the outfield or infield disc with nobody on base and it lands on the E, it is an error. Then you spin it again to find out who made the error. Infield disc is one base. Outfield card is two bases. There you go. All right. So the next thing on batter cards, the biggest pitcher, thing on pitcher, there, pitcher, pitcher, sorry, pitcher cards is the letter B. That's straight up. If a pitcher spins a B, spin the batting disc. Spin the batting disc. All right. Card. Spin yeah, the batting spin card. Spin the batting card. The next thing's on a hitting or pitcher disc. I'm just messing this up, aren't I? You're doing fine. <laughs> the thing about this now is we're getting into what we call the natural of the mechanical respins. And that's what's coming up now. All right. So the next thing is an H minus, which means if you spin the batter and he spins a hit, you got to respin it. The next but thing is H. The H. So if a batter doesn't spin a hit, Spin it again. There you go. Those are natural or mechanical respins. Always on that second spin, you accept that next result. Right. And there's no respinning right. or respin. If a pitcher spins a walk minus, if the batter spins a walk, then you've got to spin it again, accept the result. If you if the pitcher has a walk, a W, if the batter doesn't spin a walk, he must spin it again. If the pitcher spins what is called an HR minus, that means if the batter spins a home run. It has to spin it again. If this pitcher spins a double H, that means if the batter spins any extra base hit, be it a home run, a double, or a triple, it counts as a home run. One of our rules that we have is you may not respin a home run. If the pitcher spins a double H, 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 and the batter spins a double one, 11, that's a home run. And it cannot be respun. It cannot be respun. The other thing that we have on there is uh, the... HW minus or WH minus, it, it goes both ways. If a batter spins a walk or a hit, he has to respin it. One of the most deadly things oh, on a pitcher's card. I that's love evil. it. I love it. Those old time guys have HWs all over the place, have HW minuses. And then we have a WH or HW. That means if the batter doesn't spin a walk or a hit, he gets to spin again. If you see this on a pitcher card, that means the pitcher gives up a lot of hits and walks in some cases. Or he has more out on his strikeout than he's permitted out on his card. And we read... It evens we, out the card. Basically. It evens out the card, yes. And then finally, we have the X and the Z. 
There you go. Uh, the Z is a wild pitch by the pitcher. So if nobody's on base, or actually, excuse me, if nobody's on base, right? And it, all right, so I'll, I'll start easy way. If people are on base, you spin a Z. It's a wild pitch. Runners advance one base, and then and spin then, the batter, and then the batter gets to spin. If there are no batter, no runners on base, and a Z is spun, that means if the batter spins a ten, it is a missed strike three, and then the batter goes to first base. Or if there are runners on second and third. Okay. No, 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 no. The no, wild no. pitch just moves the yeah, runners. Wild pitch Only then, with nobody yeah. on base, then it's a strikeout. He gets first base. Right. And it is a wild pitch, not a pass ball. Okay. And then finally, the X, that just simply means hit batter. And after you spin an X and it hits the batter, you spin the injury card. And if it lands on the one, the batter is injured. All right. That's the pitcher cards. Our next segment here, we're going to talk about uh, the gold glove. The 2020 Gold Glove Awards were announced maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to start with the National League. And just I wanted to just get quick thoughts and opinions here. First of all, I'm going to start with the National League pitcher, Max Freed. I, I, I just don't really care about Gold Glove pitchers. I, I don't know much about it, so I'm going to say way to go, Max. Good job. Like you, PFP, man. Good way, way to go. go. Way to go. Go, Max. All right. Uh, let's start with catcher. And I'm going to start with the most controversial one because I have a really good friend out there, Sean. Uh, his name is Sean and massive Yadier Molina fan. And uh, he didn't even make the top three this Not year. Not this year. Um, so the, this the, year. the gold glove catcher was Tucker Barnhart of the Cincinnati Reds. I know you're probably happy about this. Uh, but Yadier Molina, I just want to point out that he had the highest caught stealing percentage out of all the catchers in the National League this year. Mm-hmm. But yet Tucker Barnhart had, Tucker Barnhart had more... Defensive run saved. It's all about framing pitches. Now, one thing that really got me with the Tucker Barnhart selection is Trevor Bauer doesn't even like pitching to him. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. I listened to uh, the Sabercast. Sonny Gray does. Tucker. Bauer. I listened to the, the Sabercast with Rob Nyer the other day, and he had Charlie Dial on that show. And he's one of the guys that's on the committee to determine the gold gloves. And years ago, baseball, Rawlings, went to Sabre. And said, hey, we want to make this award award more legitimate instead of just having the coaches pick it. And so they came up with all these different algorithms and and thing measurement tools that they use. And a lot of people, a lot of people that aren't really big into sabermetrics are critical about uh using sabermetrics for defensive stuff, especially for gold glove awards. I'm actually a proponent for it. I think that it's a good idea. But the traditional guys that typically have won tons of gold gloves, like Yadier, uh, kind of suffer from this, I think. Uh, because you don't, some of the intangibles that Yadier offers, I think, sometimes go unseen when it comes to hard stats. Yadier will be in the Hall of Fame because of his glove, not because of his bat. I agree. He's going to be a New York Yankee next year, hopefully. So uh, the first base gold glove award for the second year in a row, and this is his third one with Anthony Rizzo, pretty solid defender there. Uh, Colton Wong, for two years in a row, uh, won the gold glove, and the Cardinals did not tender him. Crazy, right? Um, the shortstop was Javier Baez. That is his uh, first gold glove. And if you'll look at our cards with Javier Baez coming out in the American League, Cent- I mean National, National League Central that uh, we talked about last week, overrated. Well, okay, I'm going to talk about it. after we're done with this. I'll, I'll I'll get to that issue. All right, the third baseman for the umpteenth million time in a row was no, Nolan Arenado. No, now no. going down is probably like he's he's rivaling. 
Brooks Robinson as the best defensive player. And Mike Schmidt. And he's Mike right Schmidt. there with him, yeah. He's, he's amazing. Um, now, the outfield ones, I, I'm I'm kind of, like, baffled here. I Like, one guy I, for the Padres, I got to look up his first name to let me know it. But uh, Cardinals, like, Tyler O'Neill won. And that's one of the ones I want to talk about in our cards because this is where it kind of differs in our cards, I think. Uh, Grisham for the Padres. I don't know Grisham's first name. I, I'm sorry, Grisham, but Grisham. We're sorry, Grisham. <laughs> Mr. Grisham. Mr. Grisham. We're sorry, you Mr. Want Grisham. Want love? Good for you. <laughs> and then finally, Mookie Betts, another anomaly in our system. Mookie Betts, I don't think anybody that watches TV or knows of Mookie Betts is going to say, well, Mookie Betts isn't that great a right fielder. No, he's a tremendous right fielder. But <laughs> and on his 2020 Dodgers card this year, he was a P1R2. And he wins a gold glove because of his zone rating, according to MLB, right? Yes. Or so. Okay. So here's the here's the AL uh, AL winners. Uh, the pitcher, which okay, Griffin Canning. Wow. Hey, Griff, good, good job, Griff. Griff. Good job, Griff. Um, <laughs> and now, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you here. The catcher won. His last name is Perez. Can you guess which one? No, is it Sal? It's not Sal. Actually, for the second year in a row, it's Roberto. Roberto Perez. Perez. From the Cleveland Indians. He's amazing. Yes. He handles one of the best pitching staffs in the game. Can't hit unless it's a big at-bat in the playoffs. Right. (laughs) But he's a great catcher. Uh, The first baseman, um, this is where I'm just like, what? Is uh, Tyler White? Wait, no, is it Tyler? I don't know. It's like, again, it's the the year of, uh, no, excuse me, I'm wrong. It's Evan White. Yes. Of the Seattle Mariners. There you go, Evan. Um, hey, where you go, Mr. White? He hit 176 this year with an OBP of 252. But yet he's a gold glove winner because, you know, hey, gold gloves have nothing to do with their offense. But Evan White, congratulations. You uh, won a gold glove. Um, second base was Cesar Hernandez of the Cleveland Indians. Indians got great defense. Uh, now the third base gold glove, another first-timer. A lot of first-timers on this list. Isaiah Kiner-Falifa. Who I made his card a couple of years ago, and he was a catcher. And now he's yes. winning gold, a gold glove at third base. And I've just started making the American League Central and kind of Felipe. No, he's, a, he's on Texas. He's AL West. Um, that's what I'm making, the yeah. American League West. Yeah. That's what I'm making. And he is on that team. Yeah. Um, the shortstop for the Mariners, this is their other gold glove guy, J.P. Crawford, who, again, can't hit very well. Can't hit. But this guy can feel. I've watched some, some Mariner games, and that guy is really, really good. Uh, their outfielder, uh, Joey Gallo, won a gold glove. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want to talk about Joey Luis, Gallo. Luis Robert for the White Sox. I like him. And then finally, the guy who just retired, Alex Gordon. Way to go, Alex. Alex, that's what he's going to be, I think, known as through his career, is just like a super great left fielder. He also won the platinum gold, the platinum glove, just this as Nolan Arenado did. Winds up his career winning. Multiple gold gloves, platinum gloves. So, Alex Gordon, congratulations on the great game. I mean, you're a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't think you'll get in, but you will be on the ballot, which is a great honor to have. He should be on the ballot. Alex Gordon, was a he, he won a championship with the Royals and was a solid. Started as a third baseman, but then turned into a left fielder. So, this, this leads me to a section on our show that, like, since we talked about the gold gloves, good job, guys. Um, in our rating disc for our fielding, we have two two categories in our fielding discs. We have the P cards on our cards. That we have the P and the R. So the P stands for their fielding percentage. Now, if you talk to a lot of stat heads, 
they're going to be like, you still do fielding percentage, really. But we do this pretty much for errors in the game because fielders are going to commit errors. So, and it's the, all based upon your peers. Yes, and it's it's league. Yeah, it's based on the rest of the league, and and it's ballpark adjusted, all that type of stuff. So the percentage, if you're a P1, that means you make lots of errors. If you're a P5, you don't make lots of errors. That's well, simply yeah, what that you, means. Lots of errors are a relative term. If you're a P1, you make um um a good number more errors than the average player. If you're a P5, you make a good number less errors than the average player. In a 60-game season like this year, a lot of errors would be five. That'd be a lot of errors. Anybody that made five, and you just and it's based based upon uh, your peers. So if you're if you're X amount of percentage above league average, if you're X amount of percentage below league average, this is where our numbers come in. Right. So, so and, and that's what the P is. It's just it's just so we can track errors. There it is. And now the R is a little bit different. So it's different for the catcher, the infielders, and the outfielders. Okay. We'll start with the outfield. The R's on the outfielders mean combination of things. It's their range plus their assists, and we do a we do a we do a, a, a formula for that. Right. So it took us a long time. It to took us a long time to figure formula, it out, right. and it's pretty accurate. It, it is pretty accurate. So, for example, uh, Tyler O'Neill was a P one R two, as was this year. Mookie Betts was a P one R two. That means Tyler O'Neill and Mookie Betts made some errors. But being a range two outfielder means they can throw runners out and get to a decent amount of fly balls, which is in our game, like it's not going to really affect the course of the game too much. It doesn't affect the course of the game in the big league game too much either. You have to think Mookie Betts. Ooh, ah, we watched his highlights on the, on the um, uh, world series, on the championship series. Wonderful thing. But if you really break it right down, Mookie only got two to three balls hit to him a game at the very most. So he's really not a right fielder. Sorry for all you right field fans out there of Roberto Clemente and Frank Robinson and Al Kaline and all these great players. Right fielder doesn't have that much impact on a game until he has the impact on the game. And I think that's where the watching the game and seeing how the game unfolds, that's where that greatness comes into the fans' mindset where it's like, hey, an ordinary right fielder, a non-star or somebody would probably might not have made that play. You look at Mookie Betts in the 2020 postseason, made three to five. I can't exactly count the number of plays. You look at those plays that he makes, and they're outstanding. They're right. great run defensive saving, like game-saving plays. Right. Right? Now, but if you go through the regular season, that only is going to happen maybe a handful of times. And when it happens in the playoffs, everybody's watching. Yeah, and they see it over and, and over and over it. and over right. and over again. They replay it. The replay. Everybody sees the replay. Now we're not trying to downplay the greatness of these fielders. Not at all. We're it's, just not saying it's that big of a factor within our game, and we're not going to like say, "Hey, Mookie Betts can't throw out thirty base runners in our game." That's just not going to happen. Right, and Mookie Betts never has thrown out thirty no, base runners no. in an entire one sixty two season. Right. He's going to throw out about five, six, maybe, maybe if he's having a stellar year, maybe ten. There it is. Right. And so in the, in the but we don't want to say Mookie Betts is a bad fielder. No, he's he an amazing, he's, he's an amazing, amazing right fielder. It just happens that his numbers, when compared against his peers and the things that we use for gameplay, make him what he is. All right. So in the infield, it's their it's their rating compared to the rest of the league per nine innings. 
And that's pretty that's pretty standard. And yeah. I, I think our infield rating is, is right on spot on. The one thing that holds our infield rating together is the percentage. The range on our infield has a lot to do with who's pitching. How many ground balls does this pitcher get compared to well, how many how we adjust how we use their stat? Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then the catchers R rating is their percentage of caught stealing guys. Right. The top rated would be an R five, and that would be over forty percent. That would be your Yadier Molinas and Johnny Benches. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Pudge Rodriguez. Anybody that's a that's a P, a P a R five has throws out more than forty percent, and we use that from nineteen hundred on. Yeah. So we're going to move on. Uh, that was that was our defense ratings. We're going to look at a set here, cards. Uh, we're going to look at some AL East baseball cards, right? I'll start, and I have my pitcher cards lined up here. Um, I'm not going to talk about any Red Sox. If you want to do that, go ahead. I just I refuse. They were terrible. <laughs> they got Nathan Ivaldi, but okay, whatever. Um, the Charlie Morton card. Everybody's all high hyper. Uh, the hype's on Charlie Morton. I think he's had a couple of good seasons. Charlie Martin's okay. Uh, he's an S6 plus zero, zero points. So he's a good, you know, four starter, fifth starter for a team. He's all right. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, zero point guy, huge K, but there's a lot of stuff that hurts you on there, man, like a double H and a hit walk. But man, that K is just massive. It is. It's just, it's just, he can have, he can have a good game. Um, the Yankees starters, and I'm talking about the Yankees because I'm a Yankees guy. Uh, even though these guys will probably won't be on the Yankees next year, maybe Tanaka, maybe Tanaka's card is good. Like 11 points for Tanaka. S six plus one gives up a lot of home runs. I'd give that a card. I'd give it a good solid B on Tanaka. I, I, that's one of my favorite phrases. I think good solid B. He's a good card. The yeah, Tanaka, Tanaka card is good. good. He's expensive, but he's good. I'll tell you another really, really good card in this set. Yankee reliever, Chad Green. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a card. It nine is points. amazing. And it's worth every bit of it. He's an R. Excuse me. An S2. S2 He's an plus three. So you can use him to start a game. You can use him to relief. Another great card in that set is Zach Britton. Zach Britton's an 11-point card. Not, not a hurt on that card. Going to help you the whole game. And, again, he's an S2 plus four. There you go. So you can see why the Yankees the past few years have had, just had that dominant bullpen. They got Chad Green and Zach Britton and Chapman and all those other guys back there. Uh, the Blake Snell and Hyunjin Ryu, Ryu are in there. Ryu's awesome. Ryu's a 15-point card, three outs on there. Like, he's an S6 plus three. He's got an HW minus. Yes. Like, Hyunjin Ryu is just so good. Uh, 15 points is costly, but man, a nine pit pitcher like that, like I'd pay. He's going to get you to the sixth. He's, he, I'd pay it. I'd, yes. I'd, I'd give that card an A. I love, I like the Ryu card. Pitching set's awesome. We yeah. love it. I like good the, Bla the Blake Snell's pretty good. Big K, big H minus 13 points. He's an S6 plus, he, again, Blake Snell's an S6 plus three, but he's two less points because he's got a double H on his card. But Blake Snell, award. a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah. Pretty good. All right, what hitters do you like in the set? I'll tell you one that I really like is the Chris Davis card, the very first one on the thing. Wow. I love the Chris Davis card because it's almost okay. <laughs> this guy is going to hit 150 and strike out 200 times, and he's making $20 million a year. Not for too much longer. It's insane. The Chris, <laughs> well, Davis, card, the Chris Davis card is in the running for one of the worst players. He's, he's To me, he's right there with Buddy Biancolano. I don't think he's. He's right there with him. That's he's, per, that's pretty low, man. He's three points. What's buddy? Three points. I think we should 
we should like do another. This should be a challenge. Like we, call it, we should call it the Buddy Bianca Lana challenge. The Buddy Bianca Lana Award. Find the. <laughs> That's it. That's our next segment right there. Um, the Andrew Penn and Tendy cards in here. The cool picture, isn't dude. It? That's a great picture. Is that a great picture? Um, two points. He's a zero respin, thirty-two. But man, he gets on base a lot. He can run. He's a forty-five plus. Mm-hmm. He could run. The Benintendi card is pretty stout, man. If you'll remember the World Series that Benintendi made the catch, that's the picture on the card. And another great picture on a card is the Jackie Bradley Jr. card. It's really cool looking, too. It's another free agent. Yes, indeed. It's just a fun card. One of the ones that really impressed me, and I think everybody will like, the Raphael Devers card. Devers. All right, whatever. He's amazing. That guy's going to be a star. Uh, 3B, 1, 2, plus 1 switch hitter. Oh, no, he's a lefty, not a switch hitter. He's a lefty. Plus 1 third baseman, big home run. I wish he got on base a little bit more, but that double's massive, though, because he plays in Fenway. Yes. Yeah. Really good card. Hey, you know, if you like the Chris Davis card, Mike Zanino's in here, too. Mike Zanino's in here, yes. I, I think he would fit for the Buddy Bianca Lana <laughs> challenge. You, you know, know that he, he was the, like, superstar in the ALCS? And, yeah. he, and, he, and he was a 140 hitter for yeah, the year. Yeah, I know. This, this 2020 was so weird. It was. Uh, Glaber Torres. I'm, as a Yankees fan, I'm kind of disappointed in this card. Uh, 12 points for a shortstop. He's a plus one shortstop, but man, he's an SSP1R1. There he is, yes. He Disappointing, field, isn't it? He can't fill the position. And like, he needs to be at second base. Yeah, good card, J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez, good card. I very, think, very good card. I think it's a good card, but I'm I just I don't ride the JD Martinez hype train. And finally I got a Brett Gardner card. I've been trying to get a Brett Gardner card for a long time and I got him. Uh I'm liking Gardner, who I really like. I like Luke Voigt a lot. Luke Voigt's Luke a plus Voigt one. card is Luke Voigt's Ooh. card's one of the highlights of the set. I like uh, Renato Nunez. Nunez is a good card. Third baseman for the Orioles. Yes. He's pretty good. Um a guy that I one of my favorite players, and this is the one that I'll kind of end on, um, Joey Wendell. Uh, multiple positions plays third base, third base plays second base, and he does them very well. He's a two B fifty four and a three B thirty four. He's a great fielder, and he hits two seventy seven, and he's a forty five. This guy is. And we have him in the set as a third baseman, and he's a five star player. I, I give I, the Joey Wendell cards about a B plus, close to an A minus for me because he's just one of those great utility guys. I love the Joey Wendell card. I do too. It's kind of up there with DJ LeMahieu. Well, the set is not quite that good, but he's close. This whole set was a blast to make it. I loved making it. What we do on these sets, just to let you know, Gentry and I discuss who's going to be the 36-man roster of these sets before I ever make them. We have a disagreement. We have an agreement. We do what we do, and we try our best not to duplicate last year's cards. So that's why you see some of the players that are in this set this set is now available. Now that we've announced it, this set is available. It is for sale. You can buy it. It's eight bucks. Send me an $8 bill, $8 check, PayPal, whatever you want to do. And you can get this in the mail. I just mailed one out to East Islip, New York today. Hello, buddy. Hey. All right. So those are some of the new cards coming out in the 2020 AL East. We're moving into a new segment here, and it's called The Game Show. <laughs> I haven't come up with a. I need like a. I need to make some introductory music. Dun, dun, dun. All right, that's my new mission. So here's what we're gonna do, and like this is where we're gonna give away a game. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Like I'm gonna ask Dennis three questions, and he's gonna ask me three questions. We'll rotate back and forth. Okay. And right, you're gonna ask one. I'm gonna ask. Right. One. Okay. Gotcha. So 
we're going to ask each other three questions. If you can get the answer in your first guess, you get five points. If it takes you two guesses, it get you'll get three points. If it takes you three guesses, you get one. And if you can't get it all in three guesses, you get, gotta, zero. You get zero points. But we got to keep these pretty quick. So, I mean, you can take time, time, time to think about it. Right. Point, okay. But if you can, on a Facebook post, tell us the final score of our first quiz show, you will be the winner of the, the giveaway. last, there's only one, the last 2020 Star Power Baseball box game. Yes. The last one. So the if, last you, if one. you can if you can tell us the exact score of the game on a Facebook post in the All-Star Power in the Star Power Baseball. Now are we going to announce the score or are we just going to let them do it? No, I'll announce the score. Yeah. Okay, I got you. But they got I mean we're like 44 minutes in here, so they, they gotta they gotta be hardcore listeners. They gotta be. You so gotta they, be. That, yeah. That's a reward. All right, here we go. All right, so uh you asked me first. All right, first question coming up. This is a question between the decades of 2000 and 2010 is what I've got. 2020. And, and mm -hmm. my questions are 2011 to 2020. That'll work. All right. Alex Rodriguez won the AL MVP three times during the decade. How many times did he lead the American League in home runs during this decade? Well, that's a good question. Okay. So my first guess is going to be two. Incorrect. All right. And I'm going to give you a clue. Way incorrect. <laughs> okay. My second guess is going to be five. Correct. Yes. So you get, what was that, two points? I get three points. Three points. Three points. Okay. He led five times. He led five times. 2001, two, three, five, and seven. Alex Rodriguez five led times. five times in homers. Man. Yes. Special sauce, huh? All right. So um, <laughs> my first question for you. From the years 2011 to 2020, what major league team won the least amount of games? From 2011 through 2020, the major league team that won the least amount of games was the, no, nope, Phillies won a pennant, was going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. That is incorrect. They were sixth. Okay. Then the second guess is going to be the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, not even close. They, they were in the playoffs for a while, uh, in the early part of the decade. All right, and then you got to get you the, gotta, Cincinnati, you get the Cincinnati Reds. No, they had the early part of the decade. They had a lot of winning. A lot of winning. I'm glad I missed number three, <laughs> so I get zero points. You get zero points for that right now. The, the, the team that had the least amount of wins, uh, I'll give you the top three. The, number three was the Rockies with 695. Okay. Number two was the Padres with 686. Okay. And the team that won the least amount of games from 2000 to 2020 was... The Marlins. The Marlins. Six hundred and fifty-eight, and they won a World Series during the decade. No, no, they hadn't. They had won a World Series since two thousand two thousand three. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. So all the Marlins right. were won the least amount of games in the decade. Okay, yeah. Which now? So have, the score is now. They now have zero. the first female general manager, Kim Ng. That's right. That's right. Congratulations. All, all right. right. Question number two. Question number two. In two thousand four, the Boston Red Sox pulled off the impossible. Coming back from a three-game deficit to defeat the Yankees and then go on to win the World Series. Who was the National League and American League MVPs in 2004? Ooh, 2004 AL and NL MVPs. Wow. Um, 2004 AL MV NL MVP was Barry Bonds. Correct. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. AL MVP, uh, 
oh gosh uh <laughs> uh i'm stuck here uh pools no pools is an oh, that's basically an l at that time uh vladimir guerrero correct first yes. shot gentry gets five points on that one way right. to go Vlad guerrero yes yeah. question number two for you okay all right um which active pitcher has given up the most home runs from 2011 to 2020? Active pitcher that gave up the most home runs. Mm, going to say from 2011 through 2020, active pitcher that gave up the most home runs, Johnny Cueto. He's not even in the top 10. Not even in the top 10. No. Okay, second choice is going to be CC Sabathia. Not in the top 10. Not in the top 10. And my third choice is going to be, i got to just say it, since he gave a Homer Bailey. Not in the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think I, I got some harder questions for you on that. So I guess. I'm zeroed again. Well, okay, so uh, top five is Jay Hat, 197. Okay. Number four is John Lester, 204. Number three is Justin Verlander with 216. Number two, there's a three-way tie with 219. Max Scherzer, Rick Porcello, and Mike Leake gave up 219 home okay. runs. The, the guy that gave up the most home runs from 2011-2020 is Ian Kennedy. Oh, Kansas City. Gave up 221 home runs in a decade. Uh, that's a lot of home runs. That's a lot of home runs. That guy, has, that guy probably is wearing a traction around his neck from watching that ball go over his head so that's, many times. That's a lot of home runs. That's a lot of home runs. <laughs> and he was like part reliever of the decade, too. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Ready for your last question? Yes. All right, here we go. Ending the decade with style, Josh Hamilton and Joey Votto won their league's MVP in 2010. The playoffs were highlighted by a Hall of Fame flamethrower throwing a no-hitter. Who was this Hall of Famer? What team did he play for? And, oh, what team did he no-hit? Oh, I got this one. The team that he no hit was the Cincinnati Reds. Correct. And the player is Hall of Famer Roy Halladay. And who did he play for? The Philadelphia Phillies. Gentry scores another five points. Man. All right. I'm going to try to give you an easy one here. All right. Wait. Was that my second question? That was your last one. Did I give you one more? I get one more. You get one more. All right. I'm doing very badly. I haven't gotten one right Okay. Yet. So <laughs> I'm, starting, to figure I'm out starting a trend here. I'm guys. trying to give you an easier one. He's here. trying to give me an easy one. He's throwing me a bone. All right. So what player, and it's a shortstop. I'll give you the position. <laughs> He's going to have to give me hints. What active offensive player, sorry, what player, defensive shortstop, has the most errors from 2011 to 2020? Javier Baez. Nope. Ah. Uh. 2011, 2020, uh, uh, Lindor. No. Oh. He was on the championship. He was not a championship. He's going to give me a real hint He's went into the, he was in the 2010 and 2011 World Series. 2010, 2011 World Series. And uh, did not win. Uh, uh, Corey Seager. No. <laughs> uh, wow. I so, missed all three. I got to So I it is Elvis Andrews. Elvis that played for the Reds. Uh, I mean, play for the Rangers. Yes. So, All right. So this was, this was like a real embarrassment. <laughs> You'll get me next time, though. I, Maybe. Okay. Or so else. the I'm final score for the people paying attention here is uh, Dennis with zero. Zero. And Gentrobo with 13. 
13 to 13. 0, guys. That was a that was a I gotta start doing more reading. Yes. <laughs> less less making cards, more reading. Yeah, well, to be fair, I'm a trivia nerd. So all right, we're gonna end the show here in the next five minutes or so. Uh, Gabriel uh, gave me a challenge a few weeks ago. He's, he wants to know my all-time decades team. So we're gonna talk about like in the nineteen ten to nine nine sorry. 1911 to 1920. 1911 all time. to 1920. Decade team. Um, so let's start with the obvious one. At pitcher, who do you got? I have a tie. Okay. I really, really, this was one, I, you know, you say it's real obvious, and I really had a real problem with this, and I looked up a lot of things. I mean, I was even thinking Babe Ruth should be in this because he's so awesome. But I have a tie, and I looked at the numbers, and they're almost identical for the decade, and that's Walter Johnson and Grover Alexander. Those are the two that I was looking at. I have a tie. You tied. I tied. I go Johnson. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It could have gone either way. Yeah. But I mean, like for the decade though, they're pretty they're pretty square on. It's almost identical. Yeah. Yeah. Almost identical. I can see that. And Alexander beats him out by going to a World Series. Actually, and, Alex, what? and Alexander Alexander also has more shutouts during that time. Yeah. So. Which is a big deal. You might edge him out then. It's close. Yeah. I have it as a tie because Johnson leads league strikeouts six, six or seven times yeah. during. I always the go. To no, I like the big train. Uh, I'm going to go in the outfield next. So I think okay. the outfield's pretty easy on this one, too. My three outfielders are Ty Cobb, Tris Speaker, Joe Jackson. I have those as my top. I had one other that I really thought about putting in there, actually two, but really just one, and that's Gabby Kravitz. Gabby Kravitz was the first power hitter, really big time, aside from Sam Crawford, but the first go for the fence, and it's mainly because he played in Philadelphia, and that's why I didn't do it. He had like a 275-foot fence, and I stopped it. Yeah. So let's go to catcher. Who do you got as your backstop? Ray Shock. Ray Shock. Ray Shock, Chicago White Sox Hall of Famer. Wow. Two World Series. I went. That's a good pick. I almost picked Chief Myers, but the next guy I went for is Wally Shang. Shang's a good pick, too. Love me some Wally Shang. He's, good a, plus, he's a plus one catcher in our game, by the way. He is. He's tough. Yeah. Like OPS plus 130-something? Uh, I believe so. It's Ray Shock. Yeah. First base. This was difficult for me. Very. So there was four guys that I looked at. Jake Daubert, Ed Kanechi, I think how to say that. That's how you say that. Cal Chase and Stuffy McKinnis. I went with Stuffy. I had it down to two, and I went to either Hal Chase or Jake Daubert, and I picked Daubert. Daubert. That's a good pick. Daubert. Yes. All right. So second base, I got Eddie Collins. I got Eddie Collins. That's an easy one. Third base, I think this is another easy one. I got home run Baker. I got home run Baker. All right. Finally, shortstop, the last one. Tough choice. And I'm going to do this just because I think that even as an old man in this decade, he's better than the other choices. I'm going Honus Wagner. Not a bad choice, but I don't agree with you, and neither do all the sports writers who voted as the second shortstop in the Hall of Fame, Rabbit Miranda. What years did he play for? The, the middle decade, that decade. But see, I thought he was more in the 20, like more, he was kind of a split decade guy. He guy. played for almost 25 years, and his big time was that. See, the other guys that I looked at was uh, Art Fletcher. I looked at him, Ray Chapman. Ray Chapman. Chapman was almost my pick. Fletcher shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He was in the Hall of Fame because McGraw put him in there. He's he's more like a Harold Baines choice where, where he got in because somebody wanted him in. Uh, not a sports writer choice. He yeah. was in there because McGraw wanted him in. Yeah. Well, those are our picks for the all-time decade team for 1910 to 1911 to 1920. And that does it for our show today. Again, if you paid attention all episode, the final score, because I just want to say this. You want to say it again, don't you? The final score it. for our quiz show was 
13 to zero. I, I think my questions were too hard. I got to. <laughs> Either that or I'm just. Maybe yours know, are too easy. Maybe I need a beer. I don't know. I need something. Yeah. All right. So uh, we appreciate the listen. Uh, you guys keep spinning out there. Uh, we want you guys to be a part of our community. Uh, again, I put out there a Facebook post. If you have anything that you want us to discuss on the show, let us know. This is the end of episode number three. Thank you for tuning in. And from Cincinnati Den and Jen Trova, we wish you and stay safe. I wish you well.